Welcome to Aussie Ambitions Podcast, where we meet with everyday Aussies that are pushing ahead with their goals and ambitions in life. Join your host, Scott Robert Springer, to explore the future of entrepreneurship, work-life balance, and reaching beyond your comfort zone. So stay tuned for some tips on living life the Aussie way. All right, welcome to the Aussie Ambitions Podcast. We're back with a guest who actually has linked with our previous guest. Our guest today is Susie, the co-founder of Salon Coach. How are you, Susie? I'm great. Thanks for having me today. Excellent. So just to draw the links, we had a previous guest, Tim Austin, who was the, introduced as a business marketing strategist, but in fact, he is a co-founder of Salon Coach. So we heard a little bit about Traffic Coach as the this marketing uh, concept and structure, business coaching and, and consultations. And now we've got Salon Coach, which is essentially powered by Traffic Coach. And uh, I personally have a lot of interest in this because I've always been curious about independent business owners, how people start and how they take a skill and basically just it's it's a community business and it's got a social vibe to it. Um, there's a lot of really interesting things. So I'm really excited to have you. So thanks very much for joining. Thanks for having me. All right. So just first off, people are going to be really interested to hear a little bit about you. Um, so could you tell us a bit about yourself and your business? Um, yeah. So I've recently just launched uh, Salon Coach. Um it's basically uh, an ultimate salon checklist for uh, salon owners um, to implement systems into their business to help them make more money um, and really balance work life. Um, balance work and life. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, sounds like it's. Is that something that's in need? Um. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Definitely. So salon owners, and then also, does it benefit their staff? Like, does it trickle down? Um, yeah, so it it's a checklist to give them to make sure that they have systems in place to run their whole business uh, properly so that, um, including their stuff, um, their websites, their uh, branding, um, mindset even, the technology that they use, um, just managing their time um, to, uh, I guess, better run their business and um, put them in a position to earn more money. Okay. Yeah. And do salon owners, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about the specialties because that sounds like a fairly broad category once you break it down, but yeah. do they consider, do they identify as business people or are they more like artisans and, you know, the, they're, you know, helping people with their beauty? Um, That's a really good question. Um, what do you think? Salon owners are definitely artisans, um, but I think that they get stuck um unable to run their business from a business point of view because they work in it too much more than on it. So the point of having a checklist in place is that we um, teach them how to balance that, which I think is really important because they do really, um, a salon owner is is normally someone who's really passionate about what they do. So um, they want to work in it, um, but they get to a point if they want to grow that it can't just be them working on it like in the business, um, they need to take a step backwards and uh, have staff that work just as well as they do to make the business run better. So, yeah. Okay. Bit so of both. <laughs> so he hearing you describe it, there would be business owners that, um, it sounds like they're sole operators to begin with, a lot of them. So they would have been trained and they just turned it into a business? Um, everybody that I've kind of come into contact with, um, I feel like, yeah, they've um, either been done the education and then gone into the industry and started out as a beauty therapist or a hairdresser or uh, any sort of um, part of that industry. 
Um, some have taken over businesses after being there for a long time or stepped up to management um, and others have started their business from, um, I guess, maybe straight away or working for someone and then deciding that they didn't want to work for anybody and actually work for themselves. So okay. know, there's a few different areas. Yeah, no, I think that's that's helpful. And I think this could there could be many parallels, I think, with other industries as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. So um, that's why I'm interested to really get your unique perspective on it and sort of how you came to get into this. Either you, I have a feeling you have some sell-on experience I and do, then yeah. we get in. So <laughs> could you take us just through that and maybe your, yeah, the sure. start of the journey? Um, so about seven years ago, I accidentally fell into the beauty industry. Um, I didn't have too much of a career before. I dabbled in retail um, and then I became a mum. So I was stay at home for a little while. Um, I ended up being a model for somebody in a beauty college, which that's how I ended up um, coming to beauty. I turned up for um, this exam for a friend's friend and I was just amazed by the place that I turned up to and was like, oh my gosh, what is this place? I have to go here. Um, not realizing that I was even really interested in beauty. And I literally signed up the next week. That's how I got into my diploma of beauty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so is it is it that easy where they can take intake of people just based on who wants to sit in or is there a bit of a selection or a waiting list? Um, I don't believe there's a selection or waiting list. No, it literally is if you want to do something, you can sign up. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to have a qualification prior to that. Um, and like I said, I had no idea that I was even interested in that industry until I went there and was just amazed by what was happening around me. Um, and then three years later, I graduated. So, Wow. I just wanted to ca capture if there's a cost component of that, because obviously maybe they can take you in, but it did, was there a pretty big financial yeah, investment? Was, okay. Yeah. Um, they did, when I first enrolled, they did vet fee, um, which is like a, like a hex debt essentially. Um, and you just signed up and paid per term, um, depending on what subjects you enrolled for. Okay. Yeah. I think we might need to go through that in, in more detail. What was yeah. that thing you mentioned? Uh, it was called Vet Fee. Vet fee. Um, I'm unsure if it's still around though, because that was quite a few years ago, 2014 I enrolled. Yeah. Is it like a payment plan for education? Um, so it's a, it's a bill at the end. So um, you don't have to pay anything. Um, until you graduate and start earning a certain amount of money. Okay. So almost like a, a hex debt with that, um, sorry, uni. Okay. Yeah. I think that concept will be quite foreign for a lot of overseas listeners. And yeah, so it's just absolutely. good to spell it out. Um, so it does sound into possible benefit in that you can actually wait till you earn some money before yeah. having to pay it back. So um, um, in the position that I was sort of in at the time, it was really beneficial to me. So that's great. Yeah. So it wasn't a barrier necessarily. You no, could get in it. You could just enroll, yeah. Wonderful. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that could be a good model. It's interesting to see if anybody in the listeners have comments about what kind of models, you know, financial models to get started. A lot of times education can be perceived as, oh, you need money to yeah. pay for tuition and so I on. I know these days um, a lot of courses that people want to sign up to, um, even if they're just one-day courses, um, have payment plans. So it is really helpful when you don't have anything to fall back on and that's you're just starting out in the industry so yeah okay all right definitely look into it <laughs> so you you did the program yes and then what um so i worked in a couple of salons um i did a couple of short courses as well on top of my diploma and i ended up specializing in lash extensions and brow artistry um because i was really good at it um and i 
after working for a couple of salons, I kind of felt like working for somebody else wasn't quite for me. Um, it was quite stressful, although I learnt a lot. Um, the people that I worked for really, really taught me just about everything that I know today. Um, so I'm very thankful for everything that they, that they have given to me as well. Um, but I ended up with a client base who actually really pushed me into going out on my own. Um, I didn't have any confidence in myself at the time, which was quite funny. Um, my clients pushed and pushed. They even offered to pay to set me up, which was um, really lovely <laughs> at the time. Um, so, yeah, I eventually went out by myself. Um, I had my own salon for about two years um, and I met my partner who um, brought a lot of his business knowledge into that and, yeah, we started growing my salon, which was quite a success. I was really, really proud of it. That's, that's there's a lot of things in there. I just wanted to capture it. So the um, the idea is that your clients were encouraging <laughs> you to go out on your own. Yeah. Did that give you a bit of boost of confidence at that point? Um, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyone that can say that they have clients who would offer to pay to set up a salon for them, like surely you must have a bit of confidence in yourself. <laughs> and um, was there an, a proven model like you'd known others had done that as well? Where um, is that a yeah, normal I had course of seen other people do it? Um, after doing my course, uh, something that I noticed was that they didn't actually give you a lot of business advice on how to set up your own salon. So um, I had to do a lot of research into it before doing it. Um, there were pros and cons and a lot of cons for me um, in the fact that there wasn't a, um, a solid income, I guess. And I had two kids at the time. So that was a little bit scary for me to step out of my comfort zone and make sure that I could uh, keep a roof over their head, I guess. So... Yeah. Wow. Is there an in-between stage where you, I imagine there possibly could be some conflict of interest, but you would work for another business owner and then could you have like a side roster of clients? Is that possible? So I was very transparent with both my bosses. Yeah. Um, if I wasn't getting enough hours at one place and I felt like I needed more, I did talk to them before I either took another job or started doing a few of my own clients on the side. Um, so I hired a space out at a hair salon and um, yeah, they were pretty supportive by it, which was great. Okay. Yeah. So there's a, a it's, it's a type of business where a physical location is pretty much needed unless there's a home-based Um, service. I did start out at home um, first when I first uh, went out while I was working. Um, when I was studying, I started at home as well. Um, and it just, it wasn't really the ideal environment for me. Um, having children at home or even if they were at daycare or, at, you know, at a family member's house or anything, it just still didn't feel right having strangers come to your house, which is, yeah. So, so that's, There's pros and cons again for okay. that, yeah. And then, so that's part of the learning and, and perhaps, um, have you then packaged all that into your experience for others at this? Absolutely. And that's what you've got? Yeah, Absolutely. Wonderful. So that's a fairly fast timeline, it sounds like. Um, I mean, how many years is that all up? So uh, almost seven. Okay. Yeah. So going from learning the skill yeah. to graduating, so you've got the skill and then yeah. you applied yourself. So I pretty much started um, while I was doing my diploma, my business. So once I finished my first semester, I, I was qualified in um, certain, um, ex uh, sorry, ta uh, 
what's the word? I can't even think. Like waxing and massaging so I could start doing that from home before I learned the next subject. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of been a long process of both study, work, and balancing jobs and family at the same time. That's interesting. I'm just thinking through the fact that you applied yourself right away and once you got the skill, I almost feel like that there's something internal to you and your background that you either you just wanted to apply what you learned and that's just uh, reinforcing the learning or um, or there's some kind of other drive. Like, was there something behind that where you just wanted this uh, to work? And To be honest, I think it was maybe a hidden, um, a hidden passion that I wasn't aware of, to be honest. Um, and once I started, I just couldn't stop. I needed more. <laughs> I did a lot of um, volunteer work to get experience and put myself out there to meet a lot of people for the first 12 months. So um, just because I loved it. Wow. Yeah. Would you say it's a, was it fairly natural progression or did it feel like hard work as in you need to put in the hard yards to get that first, you know, a bit of both. <laughs> so I'm more of a hands-on learner. So um, the that side of things I felt was quite easy and with a lot of passion. But the theory side of things I felt was a bit of a struggle. I was very lucky to have some supportive teachers who really pushed me to complete my diploma because I nearly quit quite a few times. And um, some of them are actually my clients to this day. So, <laughs> uh, so there's a bit of struggle. Yeah, along there the was way. definitely. Um, maybe before we get too into the specifics of the business, maybe we should just cover the scope of salons. I, sh I should say, yeah, overseas it's salon, and here it's salon, if I got that right, yeah, the pronunciation? Salon. Yeah. salon, okay, so just different pronunciations in different parts of the world. But in the salon business, um, what areas does that cover? So you've got, maybe you can take us through it, but beauty? Um, so in my beauty therapy, um, I did uh, a quite broad so massage many petty um nutrition um spa it's it, the beauty course is actually to kind of cover everything except for hair hair's a completely different course um but then you've got like uh one day courses or short courses as well which really target um that one specific thing that you may be interested in so lash extensions was something that i added on top of my diploma as well which is what i end up specializing in Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, and in the end, is did you get introduced, introduced to any kind of business concepts during that education? It was primarily just techniques and theory, and then the business stuff was lacking? Is that? Um, from memory, no, I don't recall getting taught a lot. I, I asked a lot of questions from people that I met in the industry. Um, one of my teachers, Jodie Watkins, she was actually an amazing businesswoman and still a mentor and friend of mine today. She helped me a lot with um, steps of how to. Um, I ended up working, one stage I was working three jobs. So I was working in a salon, working on my business on the side, and I was teaching at a beauty college, um, and which Jodie introduced me to. So I guess it's it was just asking questions, really. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you've obviously um, been in that world. Is it was it in a major market like a major city, or was it more regional? Where was this? Um. Set so in? the uh, I was more based in Brisbane. Okay. Um. And the teaching was on the Gold Coast. Okay. Yeah. And are those would they be considered competitive areas where businesses don't always succeed? Uh, where there's, you know, beauty salons competing for the, the same industry clients. industry altogether? Yeah, just curious. Like, is it difficult to make it 
as a business owner? I'm going to say yes. Um, because there's different, I feel like there's kind of different levels in the industry. So you have people that, um, are just throwing up for money, um, and maybe not putting the right processes in place or knowing, um, ethically and morally the things that they should be doing in their business. They're just kind of just doing it because, um, and then there's another whole other level where people are really actually passionate about what they're doing. Um, yeah, there's like there's a few levels to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. obviously, it forms the basis. I don't. It depends on what um, level. Um, the I guess the level that I'm kind of seeing with with um, the people that I surround myself with is that we actually help each other. It's re- a really quite a nice um, industry to be in um, with the people that I've decided to keep and have around me because they lift each other up and help each other. Yeah, hmm. so uh, the industries that I'm, I've got some experience with are industries where it's similar, um, healthcare, and they they got they've got a skill and they've got a business, and then they become like networks and groups. So there might be groups of salons or um, maybe like a franchise or something. Is that enter into it somewhere where you're dealing with larger groups? I say it's like the McDonald's of. Yeah. Of lash extensions. Is there anything like that? There's a lot of um, uh, social media platforms that which have really big groups that um, all the the big names are kind of in, which is they're really great for learning um, and for networking, absolutely, and just support too. Really, mm. yeah, absolutely. I'm just thinking though the the business owners themselves. Is it possible that there's one owner that owns maybe ten locations or twenty locations? Is there that kind of structure? Um, or- yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay, and yeah, what's, there's a few like that. Wh- how big does it get? Um, I guess everyone's different. It depends on their drive. Um, there's a couple of uh, uh, women out there that I know that have businesses that have opened more businesses or have employed more people. I guess so. Or have taken their business into an education side of things as well, where they're now educating people. Yeah, okay. definitely. There's a whole side to that too. So yeah, and where I was going with that is that you could be close to the, you know, the customer experience. So you, you know, you have the skill. You're perhaps delivering the service for a few years. Then you've got staff, and then um, at some point you may have to step away from doing the, the stuff that you might enjoy. So did you ever get to that point where you were like, uh, no, I, c- I couldn't take myself out of the business. I was always in it. Um, I didn't really have much time to work on it. So, and I think that that's something that I've learned and that's why, um, I've implemented this in the whole salon coach thing for people. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we can, just, uh, you don't want to I'd probably give away too much, but <laughs> at the same time, um, are there some areas that the business owners struggle with in terms of their definitely, salon? Definitely, yes, what definitely. And I think I think that's one of the biggest things is that they work too much in it and not on it. Yeah. Time management is a really bad um, thing for, not time management for customers, but for themselves. Mindset as well is a really big thing that they need to work on. Um, how they wake up in the morning doing like two or three achievable goals for the day, um, not putting too much pressure on themselves and actually taking time out for themselves is really important. So yeah. this might be a, a neat way to look behind the scenes. So I, as as a consumer, it's not just females, right? Like there'd be males that Absolutely attend. Absolutely males so. as well, yeah. Uh, what's the ratio, do you reckon? Oh, uh, I'd probably say there's obviously a lot more women, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. But from a, um, a salon owner's perspective what's a typical day like do you, is it an early to early rise 
Um, so my day or another salon owner's? Um, what do you see out there? What's a typical um, grind? A lot doing? of people that I've worked closely to, um, the thing that I think that we all have in common is that we can't say no. So we do take on more clients than we probably should. We work longer hours than we probably probably should. Um, and we just do things that we should probably pass on to staff or other people to do, but we just do it because we know we're going to get it done the way that we want it to get done instead of teaching people to do it that way. So that's part of Salon Coaches of all is that we teach you to balance things um, so that you have time for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. that's. I think the idea of having access to ways of doing it, I mean, that is priceless in a sense. Like, do you look to other areas or have you educated yourself in um, maybe what works know, overseas or are there YouTube channels that are sharing this kind of information or is this generally an uncovered topic? Um, I don't think it's uncovered at all. Um, we do a lot of research in our, our family business, um, Traffic Coach, before we started Salon Coach. Um, I think what we've implemented for salons is more niche to that industry, but really any business can kind of benefit from doing the same thing in their own business um and we've done it in ours we know that it works um it's just a couple of steps that um may just be changed to suit that industry better um but yeah it's easily used in any business mm. yeah. uh, and, I, and i think it sounds like there would be a lot uh out there to benefit from something like this is this something that you would offer then worldwide or is it really just for australian-based no, definitely Providers. worldwide. Um, we work mainly online, so it's available to anyone. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so what's your favorite go-to um, tool that you use every day? I imagine training tools is a big part of it, right? Um, I'm going to say, hmm, that's a really good question, actually. I work really well with lists, so um, using my Google Sheets and things like that is probably the best um all the templates that we already have that need to be utilized. And this is why we kind of teach that in Salon Coach too is because that's the best way to run your business is to have a list, tick it all off and make sure it gets done instead of kind of parking it for later and then forgetting about it. Mm. Yeah, so. Is there a bit of a technology gap in businesses? I'm just trying to think. You've probably got visibility on some good tools or systems yeah. or softwares. Is that lacking like in the world of whether um, it's IT or? Know that it's lacking. There's quite a few software systems out there. Um, we've partnered recently with Timely. Um, they're a booking software system, um, which is really uh, great for salon owners. Um, I highly recommend them. I used it in my salon. Um, I know there are a lot of other tools out there for salons as well. So I don't think necessarily the technology is missing. Um, every time you turn around, there's something new to be taught in the industry too. So no. Yeah. Not really, no. <laughs> All right. And then, so that's more inside the the location, but how about outside in the world? So they've got their brand. I imagine there's probably some pretty funny or clever or cool names for shops. Do you see a lot of like interesting names? Um, yeah, there are a little, a few interesting names out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, sometimes you wonder where they got them from. Other times you can, they can be quite creative. Um, I recently, I previously owned, um, my salon it was called the Beauty Lounge and it was spelled B-E-Y-O-U-T-Y, because my whole uh, idea of things was be your own kind of beautiful, be you. 
So that was my little take. I don't know if people think that's silly, but it worked for me. So that's fun. Yeah. I mean, th this is the world of marketing that we can get into. So yeah. lots of things. So um, would you say in the overall thing, scheme of things, social media or just digital marketing is an important part of yeah, absolutely. Getting, this, getting that happening? Um, something that I've learned too is that uh, we, we're not kind of not taught um, to, oh, what's the word, like utilize paid advertising, which I think is really important for the industry that we're in because um, it can target the essential, essentially the ideal client that you're actually after and out of the ideal area that you um, want to target around where you're situated as well. And not a lot of people know about it. So, so that'd be like, if, would you go to Facebook or like a Google? Yeah, absolutely. Facebook, Google ads. And yeah. uh, the world of Instagram. Do you think Instagram pays off for businesses? Um, Instagram's really good because it's uh, more visual. And um, these days people want to see your face and uh, your brand as well, but they want to connect a bit more. So, and photos are really important. So they want to see your work. And so I think Instagram's a great platform for that. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Just throwing it out there for anybody else that might be following that's in a, a business that possibly has some regulation alongside of it. I do know, I think it's weight loss industry where they've got, you can't have before and after photos. I'm pretty sure. Um, have you seen any restrictions come into your industry where you can't post certain things no, or... not that I'm aware of. So you can't have before and after photos. I think what they want to avoid is a lot of those kind of spammy ads where it's like, yeah. you know, you too can lose all this weight in two weeks and they just don't want... And they put a before and after photo. So I think Facebook in general has like, has banned that. I know Facebook has become quite strict in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, anyway, there, there's obviously different platforms, you know, and there's new ones. Have you experimented experimented with anything out there? Like, I don't know, TikTok, there was a whole wave of that. Are I you on TikTok? I love TikTok. Oh, here we go. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if I should mention this on here. Tim has conspiracy theories about <laughs> TikTok. So our family are not really allowed to use it at the moment. <laughs> we love a good conspiracy theory. No, yeah. Like, as I mentioned, no topics <laughs> off limits for anyone listening, we definitely want um, the real talk yeah. type. Um, so I guess just on that, I'm guessing that it has something to do with the ownership of TikTok and why, where that yeah, information is going. Yeah, I think just um, maybe your your uh, information not being private and just um, too easily accessible. Yeah, which I understand that side of things. But on the other side, it is quite fun. Uh, the kids loved it. so. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's interesting to see that all those tech players kind of do battle. I think Facebook and... Um, there's another platform that uh, they're all trying to create their version of TikTok. Yeah, it's absolutely. just not the same. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's anyway. funny how something works and something doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's good. It's a bit of fun. So I really like the the business concept. We'll certainly follow it along the way. Just to get your, know yourself a little bit, um, do you have any like personal interests that you do on the side? I mean, you've got the family. That's yeah, sounds I am, like. Yeah, um, I'm pretty busy just balancing family and work at the moment. I'm a bit of a workaholic as well, just like Tim. So I think that's why we kind of match. <laughs> um, is there a day off that you'd take out to go do something in particular? Sundays or? are our family days. Okay. Yeah. So we try, we really try to keep that for the kids and um, spend some time with them, whether it's doing an activity or just sitting with them at home or we try to have dinner at the table every night too, so that we can have a conversation with each other and ask each other how, how your day was and which is really lovely. So yeah. That's, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, do you think they 
get it? Do they? Do the the kids are sort of not fully grown yet, so they're no, in, they absolutely in, get it. Yeah, they get. They the, definitely appreciate it too. I think um, they've said so. So, which is really great. We have actually such a great little family dynamic now. Um, it took a little bit for the first few months to get them to their um, person personalities were so different. Um, but just getting everybody to come together and balance, and it's just. I can't complain. Like, it's a circus. It really is. <laughs> but it's amazing and I wouldn't change it. And and, and um, I was just wanted to mention that the idea of getting it is you're sitting down at the table together. You're probably talking about things. But do they understand that there's a, um, a bit of a trajectory where you're building something or you're just about to roll it out? Absolutely. They have a lot of respect for us, us working. Yeah, absolutely. My kids personally, like, they um, were around when I was working three jobs and not seeing them very much just to put um, a roof over our head and food on the table at one stage. So they're very smart children. Yeah. And very supportive. Yeah. We're a team. And that's yeah. it. The, the team, is there opportunities, are there opportunities for them to, um, even just offer up ideas? Like, is the type of thing where it feels like yeah. literally they're like, Oh, what about this? Or yeah, absolutely. Um, we have quite, um, adult conversations with them about work and actually kind of hope that they do dabble in a bit of digital marketing because I think it would be really great for, for them to get into considering uh, where their generation is heading with all the technology that they use every day. They're not really like what we were as kids now, are they? <laughs> it's all iPads and put mobile phones at their age and PlayStations. So, yeah, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen a lot in the world of graphic design. I've seen kids that are um, getting on there and they're doing things that adults yeah. would struggle with. You know, yeah, to do. absolutely. Yeah. So, um, during COVID, when we had homeschooling, like my eldest son, he's twelve, had this programming um, work that he had to do for uh, this academic class that he was in, and it was just unbelievable. Like I had to sit there and listen to it from start to finish to kind of help him because I had no idea otherwise. It was pretty fascinating. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Um, Look, we've covered some great things. I, I think one of the important aspects is uh, obviously you, you made the transition. You you are a mom and you your family is growing and you're taking this and yeah. commit, committing to it. At some point, uh, I feel like the question is, how do you how do you prioritize when the work maybe becomes a conflict for the family commitments and everything like that? Do you feel like that's ahead of you or that's you'll just make it work? What are your thoughts? Um, that's a really good question. We always just seem to make it work. Um, we thrive off of um, schedules um, and everybody has a place in the house where they just pull their weight um, and it just always seems to get done. We have a lot of family help too. We have a lot of support. So um, we're very lucky. Yeah. And working um, laptop lifestyle too kind of allows us to be around a bit more. So if the kids ever did need us, we can, we can stop. It's not going to kill us, you know? So mm. well, I think that that links up well with what uh, the interview we did with Tim, where he was mentioning, uh, you know, he, he'll just put something in place. So if it becomes to that point, well, we obviously need help in that space. Yeah. So it becomes around a system Absolutely. and you sounds like you take that head on yeah. and not uh, neglect it. No, no, definitely not. Um, no. So that's, that's wonderful. Um, and, and how are you feeling overall? Um, good. I, like I was in the beauty industry previously with my own, um, business. So like July last year, I had to retire, um, because of a neck injury, which stopped my hands from working. So, um, I was pretty upset for a few months and down, um, with that, but 
uh, leading into starting Salon Coach now and I'm still kind of being able to have uh, a part of myself in the industry doing something that I love. Um, I'm actually feeling pretty great about this year. Yeah, I'm excited. Wow. I mean, that's um, so you, you mentioned that it's a, a physical um, limitation that you basically yeah. can't do what you used to do. No. And you've got to sort of get through that. But Yeah, I had um, to retire and like I worked so hard on my career. So um, I was pretty devastated, but um, things just kind of worked out. So yeah, it's really great. That feels great. I mean, I got a little bit of goosebumps there <laughs> just because, um, yeah, sometimes you just need to pivot and yeah. embrace it. And um, yeah, and great things. So excited to see what's next. Yeah, me and too. Um, it sounds like you've got something that you would share and people can actually follow what you're doing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, if you do feel like maybe you need some help with your salon or some guidance or even just want to check out what we have to offer, head over to www.saloncoach.com.au and we actually have um, the ultimate salon checklist for uh, any of the listeners to download for free as well. Um, it's a 106-step process um, that you can go through and tick off whether you have any uh, implemented any or none or all of it into your business, um, score your business at the end and then we're there available to help you to um, finish that list off if you need help. Yeah. Nice one. Super appreciate you coming on. I think that was really, really helpful. Thank so I uh, appreciate your time. All right. Thanks guys. And uh, we'll see you next time. Hi everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Aussie Ambitions podcast. We appreciate your support and welcome your input. So if there is a topic that you would like to see covered, Please let us know via our website, aussieambitions.com, or any of our social media accounts. And please subscribe to receive all of our updates. We hope that you picked up some helpful tips helping you to get to where you want to go. And if you've got a story to tell and are able to come for a visit, definitely get in touch.